We acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we live and pay our respects to elders, past, present and future. Digitally Upskilling Australia DSO As we continue to gather momentum and the end of the DSO pilot continues to draw ever closer, we find ourselves in the fortuitous position of gathering rich insights into the trials that we have conducted over the last two years to help us illustrate the importance of digitally upskilling Australia. One such trial is the Department of Employment, Small Business and Training, that's Desbit to you and I. But rather than trying to bumble my way through the successes of the activity, I put two key figures in a room and recorded the conversation. In a moment, you will hear from DSO CEO Patrick Kidd. Patrick Kidd, absolutely nothing for breakfast. And Go One VP of Education, uh, Dan, Dan Fish. Fish. I had some sort of smoothie. Their conversation weaved and meandered all over the place, but addressed the nuts and bolts of the trial, and more importantly, the impacts of what we can do with the learnings moving forward. I hope you enjoy the conversation, and I'll be back at the end to say goodbye. Well, Dan. I think we've been talking to each other now for 18 months. 18 months. Feels like longer. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do and what you're doing with the digital skills organization. GoOne is a edtech provider. Um, we started our life off as a learning management system to deliver training to organizations, uh, but have evolved in the last five or six years to become a, a learning ecosystem. We are Australian founded. The four founders were at school together or three were at school together out of Brisbane. We still have our HQ there. Um, we're branched out internationally now. We're up to about 800 staff, got around 7 million learners that use our technology and thousands of organizations that use us to be able to provide a really compelling organizational learning development skilling solution. We look to engage and work with the DSO on this skilling program is to use that technological layer, use that content library of hundreds of thousands of different learning assets to create and curate a really compelling skilling solution that can be pushed out at scale. And technology-wise, we're agnostic. So whether we want to deliver that experience in Teams or in Slack or in different elements, systems we can uh, and the other side of that is the content we've got hundreds of different fantastic content providers that we work with so we're able to curate learning pathways and solutions across a lot of different type of content that's going to help lift levels of, of digital skilling we have a real core belief around societal skilling and the importance of that in this day and age there is quite a bit of friction when it comes to skilling and learning the hypothesis and, and philosophy that we have is that it you shouldn't have to learn how to learn Really, historically, education has probably been one of the last industries to think about how they deliver foundational learning. And we still see this uh, today with regards to the same sort of institutions providing the same experience. And so what we want to be able to do is focus more on the individual learner versus the one-size-fits-all approach. We ultimately think about it as a two-sided marketplace. One side, we've got our amazing content partners that, that bring all of the fantastic content to market. And on the other side, we've got the learners and their employers um, historically who are wanting to access that content. And really, we're sort of the middle ground where we're providing really effective, compelling distribution for the content providers and really effective and efficient access to learning experience. Really excited about what has been achieved up in uh, the Department of Employment and Small Business in Queensland. 
Tell us about it. Really exciting program with some fantastic results. And I think we were always hopeful and optimistic about what they and all of us would get out of this initial pilot. But I think the fantastic things is in the results. And we had 50 employees all from regional areas. So we gave ourselves a really tough cohort of people to work with off the bat. But we had 50 people initially earmarked and had 42 go through and complete. So Anyone that knows completion rates within the education sector will know that's a fantastic achievement, especially the six to eight week nature of the program. We also looked at a few different skill sets and clusters within the digital skill standards themselves in the forms of cyber fluency, solution fluency, information and data fluency, and communication fluency. That was by design because we really wanted to stress test if we were to look at small to medium organizations how could we provide a solution that would be engaging, not just again in that one size fits all context, but ways that we can really dig into the sort of individual learner journey that they want to go on. And so I think that was one of the really compelling results that we got out was that we were able to do that even with that small cohort size. The other piece is the what next part that excites us. And so now we're looking at forking, I guess, this initial pilot opportunity that we've worked with Desbit on. One is to explore whether there's an opportunity to do broader 650 employees within the organization and partnering up to explore the opportunity to provide this solution out to small to medium business. Um, we'd really love to, to work with an agency like Desbit to explore the opportunity to take that out to a broader audience. And I think what's super exciting about Go One is the way in which you're able to curate the learning journey for the individual. Do you want to sort of talk a little bit about that? Maybe sort of pick up your metaphor about Spotify if we're yeah. allowed to talk about those types of things. <laughs> in this age of technology and advancement in technology, the personalization of an experience, the utilization of data to help with that personalization is already there. It's just a question of being able to to find that data, provide the relevant user experience, user interface to be able to capture it. And so one of the big things that we look to do, like our friends at Spotify, um, is not just provide a platform where you can consume the medium, um, but also to learn more about uh, the learners themselves. And, and ultimately, if you think about the, the constructs with Spotify, it's not so much that it's a massive marketplace of music, it's more the personalization experience that it brings. You discover weekly playlists, your recommended playlists, recommended albums, and so on. And that's not to take away from the experience of being able to go out and find new music yourself, but it helps to provide a guided journey based on what you like. Preschool, K-12, to vocational, tertiary education, career and retirement. Historically, there's been no real way to stitch all that together in a meaningful way. There's been a real lack in contextualization. I've talked about this a lot um, here of mine. So Ken Robinson, who passed away a couple of years ago, talks about the fact that we still have an education system that is steeped in the industrial revolution. It's a one-size-fits-all approach, class of 30 kids, teacher at the front facing them and them all facing back. There's no real iteration for the individual learner. It's with the DSO, we've taken a traditional approach, but compiled it all end-to-end. -end. We've produced a flywheel in collaboration with the DSO and our delivery partner, Modus, that we reference as assess, map, and deliver. Now, there are a few other components to that is what we're trying to do is bring together a number of different solutions to provide a really compelling experience for the learner. If we think about it in context, all we've simply done is taken what we know to be a really important set of skills in the form of digital. And we know this through the DSO, we know this through our friends at the TCA and the DEF, um, and we know this based on the fact there's such short supply of certain skills. And we, what we want to be able to do is not just take the traditional approach of looking at how can we either through immigration, headhunting and whatever else, we wanted to create a bigger funnel. And so ultimately what we've looked at is saying, Rather than just focusing on those that we know are technologically savvy and leaning in there, 
why don't we create a bigger top of the funnel and actually at a foundational level answer the question that's asked time and time again, which is we don't know what we don't know about the levels of digital literacy influency for our teams and people and workforce. So ultimately with that assess map deliver flywheel, what we've done is we've taken the assessment component, the mapping component and the delivery component. Against the digital skills standard, we've created a self-assessment that enables us to send this tool out to an organization or an individual and actually for the first time get a really decent level against that standard of where the individual is against a digital skills cluster. So traditionally what would happen is the assessment would be done and that would be it. And then, okay, wait, what do I do next? Where do I go? What content do I consume? With this, we sort of automatically are able to tell them where they are against the standard and then inject this personalized learning pathway for that individual based on the skills cluster and the level that they sit all the while sort of delivering the third part of the flywheel through go one's tech and that we don't believe in the walled garden, right content, right time and flow and being where the learner is. And that was a big component of what the DSO challenged us with is that we want to be able to have other institutions, organizations pick this model up and run with it as well. So we wanted to design something that was highly scalable to the point where like with all good flywheels, once it starts to turn, we get this fantastic situation where, yes, you might be level one using digital tools in the workplace, but once you've gone through that initial pathway, the logical next step is already in front of you. You can choose a different skills cluster and go deeper in some of the programmatic work. But really the compelling part of the flywheel model is it starts to seed a ongoing digital skills journey. And I think that's one of the pieces where some of the fantastic projects that government and organizations have run before has fallen over because they don't take that lifelong learning approach to it and start to think about, okay, well, this is just the sort of embryonic seeding part of the digital skills journey. There's a lot more to come down the path. And I think, again, that's one of the sort of defendable moats that we have at Go. One is that it's not about volume of content per se. It's about being able to have the breadth and depth of content thematically and tight to be able to deliver on that lifelong. So what I think is great, we've got a bunch of engaged employers who want to be a part of it. And that traditionally is always the hardest thing is how do you connect up those three elements so that you've actually got people who want to be trained with people who are going to do the training. Give us a sense as to sort of what it meant for the individuals taking part. They were super happy that it wasn't just one type of learning experience that they were having to engage in. And that was something that had really kept them engaged through the whole process. We want to be able to ensure that through the depth and breadth of content that we have within the marketplace, we're able to fine tune and calibrate that experience as we go, because we're never going to get it right first time. And But I think, again, the critical component here is that there's a real feeling and the sense of empowerment through the program, because the individuals feel the journey itself has been personalized to their level. And I think that's something that tends to get missed is that we take this one size fits all approach. And cybersecurity, for example, is a great example. If you join any organization, do the cybersecurity training, whether you're a cybersecurity analyst or customer service rep, you're doing the same training, which doesn't make sense at all because the levels of understanding are totally different. So contextualization is a really core component of this. And that was where we heard a lot of the good feedback. So when we come back to that idea of assess, map, deliver, which is beautiful in its simplicity, what comes next? Where do we take it to in the next iteration? Who are we going to be working with to try and scale this as we go forwards? To quote yourself back to you, it's all about scale. I think one of the things that excited us with regards to the engagement with the DSO itself is the opportunity to showcase to government how skills, and in this instance, digital skills can be delivered at scale and our clients to, to a number of different organizations. And 
without naming any names because I don't want to get into trouble just yet. We've had some fantastic engagement from some really large enterprises and state and federal government departments who are really keen to start exploring this initiative. When we ask them and talk to chief people officers within the departments and within these enterprise level organisations, it's digital skilling and how they meaningfully deliver on that is, is top three agenda item. I think in New South Wales alone, but the trend would be similar nationally, it's 98% of the workforce. And it's those organisations and businesses that more often than not tend to be left behind, not through the want of trying, it's just time, dollars, et cetera, are short in short supply. So one of the other big things that we want to do in partnership with the likes of Desbit and NBN, et cetera, is explore how in collaboration we can make this program available um, to the masses. And I think, again, it comes back to our ability to provide something simple, as you said, with regards to the flywheel, but in a way that empowers those organizations and individuals. That still is an opportunity for organizations and RTOs, et cetera, to provide this experience. But ultimately, I think one of the big things that was missing is that empowerment for the organization. It was too hard. I'd challenge anyone now with the model that we've created that actually with this Assess Map Deliver piece, they are able to do it. I think the final piece, and it's something that you've talked about a lot, PK, is how we then use this opportunity to fundamentally change components of the already existing vocational sector. There's a fantastic opportunity for the vet sector because of its proximity to the workforce. There's a fantastic opportunity for engagement, but also to, to seed a, a more compelling journey into the vocational space. So if we think about the Desbit program and pilot that we delivered, there is a, absolutely an opportunity to recognize that learning experiences as a certified or accredited experience. Again, thinking about the linear component, the lifelong learning journey, you start to connect these sort of micro experiences in the form of 10 to 14 hours of learning and get them recognized. What you then have is these interesting seeding programs that both carry credit, but can be connected to things like ICNT, Cert 3 and ICNT. And so by doing that, we start to build out the size of the ecosystem to the point where vocational education providers or even higher education providers have the capability to deliver these programs at scales themselves and create a seeding experience into those bigger ticket items. Um, so we're not saying that here, this solution that we're looking at for the next phase is to replace any of that. In fact, we see it super active. I think there's, uh, there's so much in what you say there. As we've been talking about digital skills for like 20 to 25 years. We still can't define what we mean by that. And when you can't define, you can't measure what you can't measure, you won't get to. So I think there's a real demand at this point in time amongst employers to get a grip of this. I think there's a realisation as to the importance of skills within their workplace. There's a real recognition of the fact that the value to their businesses and the companies of having people with the right skills is potentially huge. And so the obligation on the system and on us, I think, is about trying to make it as simple as possible. We're not necessarily talking here about the big end of town. We're talking about the 99.7% of the nation's businesses, which employ less than 20 people. And that's the, the real opportunity. I think there is an interesting parallel then as you start to think about what it looks like in schools, what it looks like in the rest of the vocational educational training sector, as well as in, in the universities, as well as in community. This is a societal mission. It's not just a commercial one. It's a societal one in terms of how do we deliver the types of training that our population needs to get them moving in the right direction. Mr. Dan Fish, an absolute pleasure. It's just fabulous to see programs like the, um, the, the Desbit program come to life in the way that it has, and also then to see you advocating so strongly for it out and about in the marketplace. So uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. And we do genuinely believe in the opportunity that we have here, which is why we're pushing it so hard. And I think you'll 
vouch for the fact that it's not like there's a huge uh, vested in interest in it for us as much as there is at a societal level. And I think we're just in this fantastic opportunity right now where we can, both through technology and desire, showcase that this skilling venture can be done at scale. And I think the team that the DSO has is, have seen a lot of this and have been part of the journey. So we just want to thank them. I want to thank Modis, our partner in, in delivery. And, and yeah, we're really excited about the next stage. I genuinely think that the conversations that we're having and the excitement that seems to be generating in market, we're really on to something. Hurrah. Well, I'm sure you'll agree. There were some incredibly rich insights in there. And thank you once again to Dan at GoOne for his time and the incredibly valuable support he and his team have provided to the DSO. Sadly, that's it for another week. But please follow us, rate us and leave a review. If you want to join the discussion or connect with us, head to LinkedIn and search Digital Skills Organisation or click the link in the show notes. And if you want to contribute to the show, please send me a voice note or an email rob at digitalskillsorg.com.au. See you next time. Digitally Upskilling Australia. DSO.